are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Backstage with the Soundcheck. As always, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some new bands with some new music updates. With me today, I'm speaking with an artist who's here to talk to me about the new album he just released for his solo project. This is Josh Freeman from There's Only One Elvis, and I am here with The Sound Chick. I am so excited to have you back on one of my interviews because you have been very busy and yes. just released your first full-length album for your project, There's Only One Elvis. So what is it like having Pyrite out in the open and it being fully finished and people can listen to it? Um, it's it's kind of bittersweet. Um, you know, it's one of those things like you're, you're always nervous to put something out because uh, you don't really know how people are going to take it. Um, right. But, you know, at the same time, it's a it's been a two year long journey for me. Um, I'm, I've been doing everything myself, all the instrumentation, the vocals, uh, mixing, mastering, all that stuff. Um, Eric from um, Misanthropic Torment, um, he helped me with some of the mixing and mastering and stuff. But other than that, it's it's been a lone wolf situation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to have it out and. Uh, I've been getting nothing but positive feedback from it so far. So I couldn't ask for anything more. That's awesome. What was it like having um, Eric jump in and help you on, on some of the finalizing bits to these songs? Was there any, you know, did you guys ever butt heads when it was finished or was the process for you guys relatively smooth? Uh, it was relatively smooth. It's, uh, it was a lot easier than I was expecting it was going to be. And um I, I had a clear enough vision because um, I was by the time he started helping me, I kind of got everything in place. Um, like all the songs were done. I was just into the mixing and mastering phase. Um, and I kind of gave him my idea, you know, where I wanted to go. And he he helped me get to that point. And that's that's been completely, you know, priceless on my end. It, that's so awesome when it works out like that. You know, when when you're a solo artist, you you have everything that you want um, and envision your project to be. You know, when you're releasing songs, you have you have those ideas and visions in your head already. And when bringing somebody else on to help you out, uh, sometimes those things can change, and it might be really hard for uh, that particular artist to have to do. But I'm so glad that. It, it appeared to be a, a very smooth process and it's a great album. I, I cannot stop listening to it. Like I am so happy and thrilled to hear such good music coming off of, you know, a first, a first complete album. That's yeah, so yeah. exciting. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've been sitting on these for, for a couple of years. Right. Um, and, and pretty much the, the, the musical side of it doesn't take me very long. Um, that I kind of, uh, there's a great book called um, the um, what? It's not the Art of War. It's the War of Art. It's kind of backwards from um, what you're used to hearing. But essentially, it's it's about the muse. It's about you know whatever your craft is, do it every day. 
or if you can't do it every day, try to do it every day. And um, I take that approach when writing music. So it doesn't take me a lot, you know, to kind of come up with the musical ideas. The The hard part for me is is lyrics and, and writing and things like that, because I don't want to put something out that's just, you know, it's a just kind of a generic, you know, kind of kind of song. I like to write about personal stuff. And that's you got to let life happen before you can kind of write about those things. So um, that was most that was the most difficult part about putting this whole thing together. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can see it. You know, jumping off of that, um, when it comes to the writing process and the lyrics, was there any song in particular that was, you know, harder than the others to write, um, from, you know, start to finish? Um, the most difficult song musically and lyrically, um, for me to write was, um, not even content wise, um, just like physically actually writing it was, uh, was Narcosis. Um, that song has to deal with, uh, I have a really, really hard time sleeping. Um, and that's, that song's kind of a struggle about just being able to sleep, just getting any kind of rest at all. Um, and I, I wanted to do it in a way that was, you know, not just, you know, chorus, verse, chorus, verse. And that's why that song sounds you know, as, as different as everything else on the album, because it had an intention to it. Um, and for a long time, I struggled with that one. I wasn't even sure I was going to put it on the album. Um, cause I just, I couldn't quite, you know, kind of get that feeling across. And I think by the time I had recorded vocals and, um, kind of got everything and I started mixing it, I saw it coming together. And then I was like, all right, cool. This one's, this one's going in the right direction. Um, but that one was very, uh, kind of right there at the end, you know, almost didn't make the cut, but I'm glad I got it knocked out. I'm also glad that it made it to the album. I, I think that it's brilliant. I am so happy to hear you talk to me about something that was a little bit more, you know, harder for you to, to work with, but you turned it into, into something great through that and you worked around it and you found a way to actually make it you know, work and, and sound great and really pull together, you know, the ending to that album. You know, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Those last two songs are, um, I mean, pretty much every song on the album has, has a very deep meaning to me. Um, uh, they might not always sound like it, but, uh, yeah, everything on the album has a very specific and deep meaning. And I tried to structure, um, kind of the music around that, um, and kind of really kind of go back and forth and make sure, you know that the message isn't too far from the sound other than um, one song called four letters um, that is essentially a uh, death metal or death core um, love song to my wife um, it's uh, I had the idea a long time ago that you know you've never heard like a death core like love song um, and I, that was very intentional uh, writing that one but it's it, the meaning of it's still very deep to me Right. No, I actually think that we talked about this the last time we spoke. I, I remember talking about how there's very few love songs in, in the heavier in the heavier music scene. I love it. I I, yeah. I I dig it. You know, stand out and do something that is different. Well, especially, you know, this being my first album, like, you know, if I never make another one again, I at least want to get that idea out, you know, and um, what what better way than to write a song? For your wife or your loved one you know absolutely and how does she feel about the song does she love it 
She, I, uh, we were hanging out uh, maybe a month ago, and I had gotten like the final mixes back, and I, you know, it's it's always nerve wracking playing a song for someone, especially that you wrote that song right. about them or for right. them, and I was like, hey, you wanna you wanna hear the song that I wrote, and I played it, and she was jamming to it and stuff, and she's really into it, and I was like, by the way, that's a, uh, you know, that's a love song to you, and she's just like, she loved it, Aww. absolutely loved it, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you said that every song off this album holds a deep meaning to you and it's, and it's important to you, um, in their own unique ways, which song to you, um, has the deepest meaning. Um, deepest meaning is going to have to be saint of sacrifice. Um, uh, long before I even started writing this album, um, I lost a close family member of mine, which actually led to me leaving Houston and moving back home to Alabama. Um, and him passing away has always kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, there's a, there, there's just something it felt like when he passed, it was kind of a sign, like a wake up for me. Like I needed to go and do something else than what I was doing. Um, and that's kind of what that song is about. And it's, um, that, that was a hard one to get through vocally because, um, I mean, you write it and you're kind of in your head. And then when you actually go to record it or perform it and you start getting that feeling behind it, it just uh, it, it takes you to a different place. So that one's probably the deepest meaning to me on the album. Love it. I love it. Um, when you are listening to this album back to yourself, is there any song that jumps out to you in particular that it's where you're just like, wow, I'm so glad that I got the chance to actually put this out there. Um, Devil Eye. Um, Devil Eye to me is like, uh, it's honestly one of my favorite songs on the album, both instrumentally and vocally. Um, that actually came from a um, dream I had. We had been to a, uh, I think a, a friend of mine's bachelor party this random guy shows up and um, I didn't know him. A few people there didn't know him and stuff. And it just, I don't know, for some reason that guy stuck in my mind and I had a dream about it later, which is weird because I don't dream a lot anyway. Um, but in the dream, he was like a demon. Like he was just mingling among everybody and he like had this kind of demonic thing about him. And that's kind of what that song is based off of. It's just uh, like this weird happenstance where you might meet somebody and something's a little off about them and, and, and you're pretty much just staring into the devil's eye. I love it. I love it. Uh, Devil Eye is actually one of my favorite songs off this album. Um, it's a close, uh, there's a tie between Devil Eye and Conquer and Rise for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Conquer and Rise, I think was the first, that was the first one I finished, um, kind of musically and vocally. Um, I wrote that for a very close friend of mine, Zach Edwards. Um, he's been through a lot of, a lot of stuff in his life and, uh, he's got a lot of PTSD and things like that. But every time I talk to him, no matter how far he gets knocked down, he like, he always gets back up and he's always trying to do better. And he's always trying to push forward. And, you know, for a lot of people who don't have those issues, it's kind of hard to be in that person's shoes, you know? Um, right but he's been a very close friend of mine for a long time. And, and just seeing him do that just gave me that inspiration for that song. Um, and I just, I just tried to put it in, in, in my view as best I could. 
Awesome. Awesome. You know, let's talk about pyrite for a second. It's, it's this mineral that's used to make iron sulfate, but it also has other meanings. Uh, for instance, in the more religious sense, it's actually used to keep people strong and safe um, from the binds of control. Um, did those ideals or beliefs hold inspiration when coming up with the, you know, content matter of these songs? Um, actually, the, the, the title to the album came much later after everything was done. Um, and I honestly didn't know that about the, uh, about the religious meaning behind it. The reason I chose it um, was because it's full of gold. If you were digging for it and you saw it, yeah. you, would just, you would yeah. assume it's gold. Um, and I've always, you know, because of the band name, there's only one Elvis. Um, when you throw that to a metalhead, you know, they're like, oh, it's, you know, probably some dude doing metal Elvis covers or something like that. So that's that that's kind of why I chose that. When you look at everything, it's kind of fool's gold. You know, the band name might throw you off or the, even the, the image to the album might throw you off a little bit. But inside you know, it is what it is. It's, it's just a, you know, a, an album, you know, it's, there's, right. there's no, uh, yeah. So that's why I wanted to do that. Just kind of that once I read that and I was like, I know there's a mineral, like a, like an actual name for fool's gold. And I looked and it was pyrite. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do because like, even from the band name itself, like it just kind of throws people off. And, and that's, uh, that was the whole idea behind it. I, I truly love how, you know, your thought process behind coming up with, you know, the names to, to the album and even like the project name, like there's only one Elvis. I know we talked about uh, that name the last time we spoke, but yeah. I really like how, how honestly different it is because I wouldn't have expected that you would have gone about it that way. But the more you talk about it, it makes sense. It clicks. It works yeah, yeah. for what you're doing. And I love it. Yeah. That's, that's honestly like, I have these, I have these like light bulb moments where it's like, oh, that like, you know, this word, like that, this is what it is, you know, right. it's just like everything just kind of falls into place and it just makes sense to me. Right. I love it so much. You know, when, when working on your, your music in general, um, and, and writing lyrics, are there any topics that you feel are harder to, um, reach fans through music? Um, most definitely. Um, I think a lot of bands can get trapped in, um, in, in writing one specific thing. Um, you know, whether it be political or, um, you know, even just like, uh, take corn, for instance, they got a lot of flack um probably like the middle of their career because they were like oh well jonathan just writes the same stuff over and over again you know he's still dealing with trauma like write something new yeah. um so to me that's that you know that's something i'm very aware of um which is why i wanted kind of each song on the album to be uh, a, about a specific topic um i do eventually want to get into um kind of pull a deftones because their first album was very personal the second album got more, um, um, I guess you would say progressive, where they weren't really writing about themselves. They were more writing about stories. And then by the time you got the White Pony, it, you know, there was a lot of that's just kind of fiction based. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, I don't want to get so far away from, you know, any personal material that if I write about something personal, it just gets lost in the mix, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I can agree with you there. You, you mentioned that these songs off Pyrite have, have really been two years in the making. So here's kind of an interesting question your way. Okay. What is the weirdest place you, you know, either put together the instrumentals for the song or you wrote the lyrics? What is the weirdest place you did that when um, working on this album? Pretty much my life consists of being in the studio and like being with my family and, and work. So uh, chances are it's one of those two places. I know I did a lot of writing at work, like in downtime, uh, things like that. Um, but even then, like, like driving around or, you know, like going to the grocery store, something like that, like I might have a lyric pop in my head. And um, I was watching um, an interview with David Lee Roth and he was, he has, he keeps notebooks with him. And every time something like that pops in his head, he just writes it down. Um, so I kind of took a page out of his book when I was doing the, uh, the lyric stuff. I would just kind of think about a topic, you know, something I wanted to write. And then if something popped in my head, I would just write that down. Um, so it could literally be anywhere. Um, but yeah, majority of the stuff was, was either written, you know, in the studio or written, you know, while I'm at work. Nice. That's awesome. Would, would you say that any, um, one song on, on Pyrite is the most important, which one of those songs off this album would you feel is the most important? that fans should really pay attention to? Um, I guess from a, uh, from a creator to a fan, um, Bleeding Hands um, is kind of the purpose behind that song. Um, I, I wrote it kind of as, a, um, as an ode to uh, like my children, like future generations. Like, you know, I, I'm willing to do all of the work. I'm willing to like break my body down uh, to leave something better for you. Um, and that's, you know, to me, that's, that's why it's number one on the album. Like, I want that message out there first and foremost. Like there's a lot of people like me, um, you know, who are willing to go and do so much work and, and, and do anything they can to provide for other people, whether it be their family or someone they care about or whatever. And I think a lot of times because the world has so much drama involved in it, or you just get so much information um, it's, it's hard to step back and look at those things or, or recognize those people. Um, right. and to, to me, that's, you know, not, I'm not trying to be braggadocious, but you know, that's one of my qualities between this album and, and working on other projects and I have a family, I have a full-time job, you know, I'm willing to do all those things. So hopefully, you know, when I'm too tired to do any of it, I've left something better, you know? I, I think that's honorable. Yeah. I think, I think that's really cool. And to lead, to lead this album with that track, I think that that's, that speaks so much, you know? Yeah. That's like I said, that's why it's number one. When I started yeah. laying out, when I started laying everything out, I started thinking about like, what, what do I really want people to know? Right off the bat. Cause if you just got the album or downloaded it or whatever, and, and like, that's, you look at the track list like that's it you might only listen to that one and if that's the case then that's what i want you to listen to right speaking about drama 
the music industry holds a lot of drama to it, um, you know, between uh, management, record labels, uh, you know, artist feuds. There's a lot going on in this scene. Um, if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a, that could be a laundry list of things. <laughs> um, no, I mean, really, um, I think I think everybody is kind of in the same boat now, you know, with the great COVID pause. Right. Um, and I think that opened up a lot of a lot of avenues for people to uh, to be honest about what they were doing, you know. Yeah. Were you just were you just a touring band? Because you know now you don't have that. Now where's your content? Where like where's your work ethic? You know. Um, right. I think this kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. Um, the other thing is, I one of my big ideas is to essentially you're always going to have record labels. It's just a it's a thing. It's part of the business now. Absolutely. Um, but uh, for people like me. Um, or, or even smaller bands, you know, just that have a very clear vision and a very clear goal. I wish there was a way to get the financing you needed as a unit or as an individual without having to bow down to labels and things like that, or, you know, without seriously going into debt. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I just think like an avenue for financing um, on, on a reasonable level mm -hmm. uh, would, would help a lot of bands who have that that clarity and that drive to get this thing done. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I speak to so many bands that, that tell me something very similar where they're like, I, I have to work two to three jobs to just fund, you know, rehearsal yeah, time and studio time. And that to me is just wild. Like I, I get it because I've been in the music industry for a while now. So I'm very used to how it runs, but at the same time, that to me shouldn't be the way. I feel like it just should be easier to, to obtain than having to work yourself to death over, yeah, over that, this. That, yeah. that happens to a lot, a lot of people. That's actually why I, I quit playing music for a while. Um, I mean, I spent 10 years in Houston and it's just, it's a grind. You work all week, you throw practices in when you can, you go out, you play shows, you try to record, all of it costs a ton of money. Um, and I mean, you're, you're, you're not making anything back. If you are making something back, it's literally just to cover your gas to and from somewhere. Right. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing to do for your entire life. Cause I mean, as a musician, yeah, I might have stopped playing live shows, but I mean, you never really walk away from music. It is like you're you're in it for life if you're a, a, a true musician. You know, you can't ever really escape it. It's going to show back up at some point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I feel like, you know, I, and there, it, the hard part about that is there's no way to weed out like, you know, who's really going to do something with it and who's not. Right. Um, so. Yeah, that's the hardest thing about it is like everybody can ask for money, you know, but like yeah. who's really going to do anything with it? So right. that's, the, that's the trickiest part about it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you were to look at your uh, entire discography that you have released to the public, what song would you say is the best one you've created so far? 
Oh man, I don't even know if I can name one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I personally enjoyed the the two covers I released, the Foo Fighters and the Clutch cover. Um, those, yes, those are favorites of mine just for doing them. Um, you know those those two were an absolute blast, and um, I wanted to get those out and done and kind of get that out of my system before I finished <laughs> up the album. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess. Man, that's a that's a tough question. Um, out of the originals, um, some of my favorites are gonna have to be um, um, "Bleeding Hands," uh, "Devil Eye," and then um, I still get comments to this day. The first track I ever released was the um, "The Art of Self Reliance." I still get mm -hmm. like I I get really good vibes off of that one, um, so I have to put that on the list as well. I'm sure as uh, you you move forward in this musical journey for there's only one of us. It's the answer is going to change as as you continue to grow. I think you're going to, you know, discover more songs that you love. And I'm sure that there's going to be songs that you even cringe at because um, oh, we've yeah, all I'm sure those are I'm sure those are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, with with what I've heard so far from what you've put out there, you're going to do great. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I am so excited to hear what more you are going to bring to the public. Well, I, I honestly appreciate that. Like this, um, when I started this thing, I was literally just throwing music up um, and had no real intention of where to go until a couple of years ago. Um, and that's when I was like, Hey, like at, at least once in my life, I'm going to put an album out now it's out. Yeah. Um, and now my, uh, plan for the next one is to, um, it's, uh, just already in my head. I'm, I'm working on it, but it's going to be 12 songs. So I'm going to release one song a month until the whole thing is released. Um, I don't have a timeline on it yet, but I am, I am currently working on that. So that's going to be my next move. Um, but when it's out, it'll be a full finished album. Um, try to make it uh, just as coherent as, as I did this album. Awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. And I love the whole, you know, idea uh, plan to release, you know, each song before the full albums fully Really. Yeah, I'm pulling a, uh, I'm pulling a spirit box. They, they released their, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they released the whole thing and then dropped the album. So that's, uh, that seems to be the way everything's going nowadays. And, um, the only reason I did this one as a full album, um, you know, you got to do it old school at least once, you know, you got to get the whole thing out there and just be done with it. Um, and this, this honestly gives me a little bit of time, uh, to finish up these other tracks and things like that. So I don't feel you know, I don't feel the pressure of like, oh, I have to release another track next month and all this right. kind of stuff. So I got a little bit of time before I get to that one. Right. Let's go back to the covers for a second. You have a couple of covers out. Are you planning on doing any more in the future? Um, most definitely. Um, but I, as you can tell from my, my choice of covers, I'm very, very picky about them. Um, <laughs> Yes. I, I try to I try to go for uh for really really odd tracks that you would never think would be a, a metal song, um, so that's that that's definitely on the list of things to do. Um, 
But yeah, the next one that comes out is probably going to be something just as weird. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I know that you've spent time as both an active musician, but also a member on a label who partakes in and helping get things orchestrated. What to you, having that experience under under your under your wings there how what components do you believe are absolutely necessary to make a top charting album um honestly the the biggest thing um that i see nowadays is is just your releases you got to have great content Mm-hmm. first whether it be the music or you put a funny video with it or a, a, a meme it doesn't even you know have to be the the music you know 100 percent. like you take bands like uh like bro job or uh oakley doakley like those guys they're they're joke bands but they're they're great musicians and they know how to market their stuff um and that's something like even on my end like i struggle with that because i'm so busy you know in the studio like i don't get that space to kind of you know, create these things behind what I'm creating. Um, but yeah, that's that's the biggest thing now is just trying to be a content creator on top of, you know, already writing your own songs and things like that. So that's pretty much the biggest thing. If you've got that one person in your band that's, that you know, that can get a message across, like that, give them the, the, the flag, let them run. Absolutely. I, I love that you mentioned that because I feel like that is very crucial given you know, our, our current, you know, uh, music business industry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's imperative nowadays. Like you yeah. gotta have something, you gotta have something else going on other than just your music. And it's, yep. it's a lot of work and it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, on the other side you get to, I mean, make fun of yourself, like don't take yourself so seriously. And, um, that's the other thing. I think a lot of people are, are getting, they're just getting tired of like everything being so serious, whether it be their, their, their job or the news or whatever, like just have fun. That's, that's what this is to me. This is fun. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, releasing this album is fun. All of this is supposed to be fun. Like none of this is supposed to be that serious. Um, and yeah, you can, you can get a message across and, and, and be serious in your message, but that doesn't have to be your, you know, your whole central thesis. Oh yeah, um, I, I absolutely agree. And I feel with how you represent, you know, yourself in the language you use or the, you know, uh, even the style of dress can can be uh, a factor in, in how fans interact with, with either you as a band member or your music. You know, it all plays a part. I, I think that people... Um, often fail to realize that just like you said, music is not solely about the music. It's about all of these moving, intersecting parts um, that really make it whole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you can, and the, one of the best things that I've learned so far just from doing this is, is you know, you have certain, you have different avenues. So like on Facebook, I might be a little more professional, you know, here's my link. This is this, this is that and whatever. Instagram, uh, who, I mean, that's, you take pictures of things. So if you find something funny, take a picture of it, post right. it, put it on your band thing. Someone's going to enjoy it. Um, you know, um, if you're on TikTok, like just either show your true self or just make funny stuff. 
you know, yeah. people, people will, they'll watch it and that's how you get people involved. So. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when thinking about your future in, in, in the music scene, what is one thing that is important for you to accomplish? Um, honestly, I, I, I want to keep this trajectory. I'm, I'm quite comfortable. I have, I have a really good, um, work band home life kind of balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and at points that I can get out of whack, I either work too much or I'm in the studio too much or, you know, I, so I, I get consumed by my work. Um, but yeah, I, uh, right now it's all about keeping balance between everything. Um, and I am in a really good spot, you know, as far as everything going on. And, you know, if, if this is all I can do, this is all I can do. And I'm perfectly okay with it. I think it's honestly working out for you. You know, I, I remember us talking, uh, last time and you had this, this idea or timeline for this project and you, you hit it you know, it's a year later, which is when you expected it to sometime be released. And here we are talking about your new music. And I, I think whatever you're doing in your life somehow seems to work to be able to, yeah. to make it all um, right for both your personal life and your, your music life and even your work life outside of music. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, i Look, I talked to my therapist today and yeah, like he was like, you seem like everything is just going along perfectly. Um, and yeah, this it's that I guess it's that feeling of accomplishment. Like now I can breathe. I've got this thing done. I can take a little time and, and, and kind of balance everything back out. And like I'm I'm 100 percent comfortable where I am right now. Um, I mean, even with my workload, um, just not even my job, my family all of it, my, my multiple projects that I work on, like, um, yeah, I just feel like I'm in a really good space right now. And, and I hope to just kind of just ride that wave as long as I can. That's awesome. I am so happy for you that it's working out. I appreciate that. That, that like I said, this is, this is a labor of love. Um, you know, uh, anybody who gets into the music industry, please don't expect to make any money. <laughs> if, if you're not in love with what you're doing, you're in the wrong business. Um, yeah, right. So, I mean, and that goes for, for live shows, recording, it doesn't matter. Um, just, just still love it. Um, cause there's points where you even writing this album, man, I was so sick of hearing these songs while I was writing lyrics. Cause I, I, I play the songs over and over and over and over again, just to make sure that everything's fitting in place. Like I want to, and, you will drive yourself crazy with your own uh, with your own music and, and oh. not, yeah oh, you don't sure. want to listen to it anymore and you're just like i am so sick of this thing uh but when you see it all come together just keep pushing forward and like it'll all work out how it's supposed to yep absolutely well as we're coming to a close to our time here would you like to take a second to um, tell our listeners where they can um, find your social media listen to your music you know even sandy more updates that you would like to disclose, just take the second to just let us know where we can listen to more of your music. All right. Uh, the, the biggest thing is uh, Bandcamp. You can stream it, you can buy it, 
Um, so it's just there's only one Elvis um, dot bandcamp dot com. Um, that's my main go to right now. Other than that, I'm on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Apple, all the streaming services. Um, and then the socials, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, all of those are at there's only one Elvis, except for I think Twitter. Um, that one is T O O E band um, on Twitter. And I am active on all of them. I accept any uh, criticism, praise, I'll take anything. If you just got anything to say about my music, I'll listen to you. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to reach out and contact me. And, um, and also I'm waiting on physical copies to get done. Um, I think what I'm going to do is maybe the first hundred are going to be signed, um, and give away a couple things, um, to go along with those. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm excited that anybody's even listening to it. So this is this has been an absolute thrill for me. Right. Absolutely. Well, Josh, I thank you once again for coming on another one of my interviews and talking to me about the music you make. Um, I wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, hopefully we get to do this again. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. As always, made a shout out and thank you to artists like There's Only One Elvis for joining me in my interviews and you amazing listeners for tuning in. In your spare time, please don't hesitate to go and check out that link in the description box of this interview to check out the latest album from There's Only One Elvis, Pyrite. There are so many great songs featured on this album that I guarantee you will enjoy it. There will also be a link to where you can keep up to date with all of my latest artist interviews and music reviews. I appreciate y'all's continual support, and I look forward to having you on the next broadcast. As always, rock on, my dudes! The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the sound chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.